0: I spent the last month talking about change because change happens in our churches it changes in our lives that's for sure it changes in our homes um, it changes a constant that we cannot you know, change it's a reality of our life and in once you know one of the reasons why we change is to get as pastor Ron taught last week in line with God's plan but not only like, as we go into this um, we could be distracted from God's plan because Satan really doesn't want us to know, A, what God's plans are. And then when we start act executing on those or making that stuff happen, there comes power in that. And oh, he does not like that. Um, so as we go into this series called Distracted, um, we're going to look at it some of the ways how some of us miss the destination. We get distracted. Um, I work at another job. Uh, I'm a food server at Sam's Town. And in the middle of the day, about 2.30, I drive to work. And it's in the middle of the day. I'm like, ah, oh, I've been already at this for you know a good couple hours. And as I'm leaving, I close my garage door. I park in my garage. I have a little one-car garage. And I have a little car that fits in the little car garage. And I drive out. And there's a lot of times I'll get down the end of the street. And I'll think, did I close the garage door? I think I did. And then I'm like, oh, who cares? Lord's watching my stuff. And then I'll get around the next corner. I'm like, all right, I've got to drive back and make sure I close the garage door. So I'll get around the corner, and then I'll look at it. Okay, it's closed. I will do that sometimes, three or four times, at least once a week. Usually, I, I mean, at least every week, I work five days. About four of them, I have to go back. About two of them, I do it multiple times, and there's at least once a week, I am, I do it numerous times, it's embarrassing to mention how many times I do it, and Robbie's laughing, and she's like, that's what it's like when you get old. Yeah. <laughs> and it has nothing to do about it. it's just, you know, it's about losing focus. Um, We at Grapevine and all four square churches, we believe in the power of God's word, that there is indeed power in this, and we also are a church that honors this. So we're going to read from God's word today, and I'm going to ask for all of you that as we read from God's word to show honor and reverence to this word, his holy word, we're going to ask you to stand as we read today. From Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 2. It is 11 days' journey from Horeb by way of Mount Seir, to Kadesh Barnea. And Lord Jesus, we come to your word. Um, some of it is confusing. Some of it is foreign. Some of it is odd. But all of your word, Lord Jesus, is told to us that it is indeed powerful. It is useful for doctrine. It is useful for correcting. And that we might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And as we explore your word today, continue to open up our hearts to your Holy Spirit and to your word, which will then turn, change our minds that our minds and our hearts may be turned back to you, Lord Jesus, and the cross, and all that you did for us. and these things we pray in your powerful name, amen. Well, who knows about being distracted? I mean, we get distracted all the time. For me, it's the garage door. As a food server, sometimes I'm busy, and I get distracted by five or six tables with wants and needs. Sometimes I forget stuff, I'm not going to lie. So be nice to your food server. I mean, sometimes we forget things. We're not Jesus. We're not perfect. It happens. Um... But we're distracted all the time. And um, Jesus has something very bold to say in the Bible about being distracted. And so I'm going to invite you guys to check this out. If you brought your Bibles today, we're going to spend some time today in Matthew. We're going to be kind of bouncing around a little bit between the Old and the New Testament. Um, For those of you that know me, um, I love the Old Testament. a lot of people are looking at me like, (sighs) heads are popping up like, you're a little weird. Um, I believe that all of God's word is inspired. It is powerful. And the Old Testament makes up about two-thirds of the Bible. And for some of us, we only spend about 90% of our time in one-third of the Bible. And I will challenge you, and I will tell you that if you spend time in the Old Testament, you will realize there are millions of seeds and nuggets that will enhance the truth of the New Testament, that your understanding of it will be amplified. And if you have a much better understanding of this book and a clear vision of who Jesus is, his word, and who Father God is, you'll have a much stronger execution in faith. Because I find those who have a weak faith usually have a weak understanding of this book. So in Matthew chapter 6, it's one of my favorite chapters of the New Testament, um, because Jesus is teaching, and I'm all about going to the source. I don't go to, you know, to the, the drainage to get water. I want to go to the source, to the spring. And just like that, for my learning, I want to go to Lord Jesus, because who's the best teacher, other than Father God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit themselves, right? And so he says in 633, but seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Now, I really love this first word, like, seek first. Put those up in red on the screens for you. Um, not only am I an Old Testament nerd, I am also a linguist. My minor in school was linguistics. I do speak a couple different languages. I speak Spanish. I can communicate in it. Don't ask me to do it. It's embarrassing. I sound like a gringo. I do speak Japanese. I speak some French. I, most languages, if it's written, I can have a rough understanding of what they're trying to convey. comes in handy. The problem with Greek is we don't read Greek. I look at that and I'm like, wow, that's some interesting scrawling there. Um, They don't use the same alphabet as we do. Um, But those are the words seek first. The word zeteo is the top one, and the bottom one is proton. Zeteo, proton. Look first, or seek first, zeteo. The Greek word here means to look for, find, or search. It's kind of like if you lose your keys. We've all done that before. Where are my keys? I forget where my sunglasses are. I leave those all over the place. I leave my hat all over the places. I am known for leaving stuff all over the place. My mom always makes fun of me when we go visit places. Do you have everything? Yes, I do, Mom. And I'm like, oh no, I don't have everything. (laughs) Happens all the time. So, to seek. To look for, to find, and to search. Zeteo. Say that with me. Zeteo. The next word, proton. We've all taken a science class somewhere in our lives, I imagine. And um, proton makes part of an an atom. Yeah, it's proton. Um, First, Um, Kind of an interesting thing there that scientists realize it's the first element, so to say, or the first piece of all creation. That's why they call it a proton, firstly. But not only is it just saying, like, firstly, it means firstly in, like, a link. Like, this event leads to this event, leads to this event, like a chain. Firstly. Or do this first. It's kind of like when you read, some of you who are not the best bakers, and you get to a recipe, it says do these things in this order. The first thing, they would use the word proton first. Preheat the oven at 350. I've done that many times where I get so excited and I forget to turn the oven on and I'm like, awesome. Um, Seek first. Put that back in red. So, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Zeteo proton. Another way that we could read this scripture is, but search and look before everything else. The kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Um, The great thing about um, the Bible is, you know, sometimes when we read it, we just, we read to read. And the problem with that is, is if you're just reading it as if it's a book, it has the same power as a magazine. But if you read this as it's God's inspired word and you're coming to it to learn, it will reach you in new and powerful ways. Um, You can read whole chapters and miss the whole point, and you can spend weeks within one verse. So slowly I want to pull this apart that um, not only it says, you know, search and look before everything else, the kingdom of God, Um, there's an inference, which means that we can pull from this, that the Lord Jesus is saying the kingdom of God can be found. He's not saying you're going to look for your keys forever and you'll never find it. He's saying here, search and look before everything else, the kingdom of God. And basically, you put a little parenthesis in there that says, and it can be found. So firstly, we should be seeking the kingdom of God because it can be found. So that's number one. We are to seek the kingdom of God. Not only that, and all these things shall be added to you. You know, we need to back it up a little bit um, in the Bible. And like, well, what are all these things that he is speaking of? Because, you know, if I seek the kingdom of God, I kind of want to know what I'm going to get for doing that. And if you go back up to verse 31, it says, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Those are all those things. That we have food to eat, we shall not worry about what we're going to drink, and we will not have to need to worry about what we'll wear. There again. We shall, shall, what shall we eat? If you seek the kingdom of God first, there's a promise there if you seek the kingdom of God first, for all things, everything else, number one, if you seek the kingdom of God first, you shall eat. That's good, I love eating. Not only that, you'll drink. We need water. We need liquid in our bodies. For this body of mine to work, there's some things it needs. And Father God and Lord Jesus knows that. Not only that, what shall we wear? The Lord Jesus says in that verse, the verse that, you know, if you do these things, you seek the kingdom of God first, you'll have some blessings. The great thing about blessings is um, there's a pattern to every blessing in this book. We don't often want to look at this because we live in a world and a generation that says something completely different. But every blessing follows, you know, if you do this, this will happen. Or then this will happen, which means there's are differences you do something before the then or but, and, or. When you see these words in the Bible, these should be things that instantly draw your attention to them. We say a lot here, if you see the word therefore, you need to ask, why is it therefore? But every time in the Bible you see these five words that should instantly draw you to look at that verse a little bit closer. If, then, but, and, or. or. Every blessing of the Bible that the Lord gives us, tells us, that there has to be something that happens before the blessing. We live in a generation that says, I don't want to do something for something. I want it. It's mine. I'm entitled to it. Give it to me. Mine, mine, mine. I heard this recently, the microwave culture. We want it in 30 seconds or less. Um, It's true. But God's word stands above that, and it says, you know, for blessings you have to do stuff. Lord, and there are some blessings that are imputed on us, which means we're given for free, but most of them, I'd say about a good 99% of them, say if you want this blessing, there's something you've got to do before you experience that blessing. And we see that here. We see the word and in Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And, which means there's something for doing that, all these things shall be added to you. So if you're a math person, I'm kind of a bit of a math person, it's kind of like seeking first the kingdom of God equals these things. If you seek the kingdom of God first, you will experience those blessings. There's also an inference here that we need to be aware of. Seek first. Which means we could seek other things first. We have free will. We have free decision. We choose what we seek. Jesus was... I'm pretty sure well aware of that. Not only was he, you know, God the Father in the flesh, Jesus incarnate, or in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, he had all of the knowledge and all of the wisdom of heaven. He knew what we faced, and he was experiencing it, and he was telling them, despite all of those distractions that are out there, firstly, Zeteo Proton, search firstly above all things, you know, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and that his there is Jesus. And all these things shall be added to you. I want blessing in my life. I mean, nobody wants you to be like, I don't want blessings. The problem with blessings is you have to earn them. You have to work for them. Some of us, you know, we've experienced those things, but we've experienced them because we put some effort into them. Farmers do not just go out to a field and go, bam, corn, bam, wheat. Or farmers who have cows, bam, tri-tip. There's work that needs to go involved in that. Planting some seeds, taking care of those seeds. You know, they seek first. You know, if I want to farm, i got to do some work. If we want blessing in our lives, and I know we don't like hearing this, and we don't teach this very well, then you have to work for it. I'm not saying, I'm going to throw up a guardrail here, that by your works, you're saved. No. By your faith, there's a difference between blessings and salvation. I want to separate those really quick, because some people, it's, there's a lot of people out there that say that you do things and you earn salvation. We're not talking about that. That is indeed a blessing. That's why when I say there's like 99% of them are, you know, if, but, or, then, so forth. Um, we need to firstly see which means there's an inference that, you know, I wish I looked up the Greek word for secondly seek. We'll call it neutron just for giggles. We will neutron zeteo, which means we can secondly seek the Lord. We are not to do that. Jesus said, this is a commandment. This is, there's a sense here that it's an imperative. It's a command. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Which brings us to the second point, that we can be distracted. That means... Other items can be sought first. We can be distracted. Hebrews 13.8 is in every single four-square church. Not only ours, but it's in the meadows. It's in the rock. It's in four-square churches in Washington, DC. It is in four-square churches in France. I am sure there are four-square churches in Africa and all over the world if we have 16,000 plus churches. I mean, I'm pretty sure just about every country has a four-square church in it. Every single four-square church, so it's safe to say every single nation on this planet, and if there's a sanctuary, that scripture is hanging there. And this scripture has really started to come to life for me over the last couple of months because the Lord has continued to reveal to me a really inherent truth in there, Then all of us should have this memorized. If you call a four-square church or grapevine, which is a four-square church, your home, you should know this verse inside and out. And I used to struggle with it. I would get the today and yesterday, and I'd get them a little jumbled up. But Lord Jesus knew that Steve would one day have to learn to memorize this. He put it in chronological order for us, which is yesterday, today, and forever. So I want us to read this together. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. OSL oh, so students, remember that. is going to test you on that later. Um, because of this verse, yesterday, I want to talk about yesterday a little bit. Yesterday is the Old Testament for me. If His promises are true yesterday, they are true today, and if they're true yesterday and today, those things are true forever. That's some—that's some certainty. I like that. I like certainty. I'm an absolute kind of guy. I like why well, I like math. Two plus two, unless you're in theoretical calculus, always adds up to four. And somehow, as scientists think that you can change the absoluteness, but we will haggle over their silliness another day. But um, I like absolutes. And because I like absolutes, I do want to talk about yesterday. And I want to go back to Deuteronomy 1-2. And a lot of you, you read this when we read this, you're like, an 11-day's journey from Horeb by way of Mount Seir to Gadesh Barnea. This is my all-time favorite Old Testament verse. And I know a lot of you are now looking at me like, oh, that's profound. That's deep. Arlene's got this quizzical look on her face like, I'm telling you, and this is not a lie. This is my all-time favorite verse of the Old Testament. But the reason why some of you are giving me a blank look is because some of us do not spend enough time with this book and do not understand the importance of this verse or these places. I giggling at me because her and I have a fascination for the Old Testament. Um, because we don't spend enough time in the Old Testament, a lot of these verses miss us. And not only do they miss us, the big idea and why they were late to being distracted. So we're going to tear this apart one step at a time. It is 11 days journey, and the Hebrew there literally means it's 11 days. From sunrise, I mean sun, sunset, which is the beginning of the Hebrew day, to sunrise, it takes 11 of those to travel from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea via Mount Seir. So if you were to draw a little line, Horeb would be over here, and you go dot, 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 via Mount Seir, there'd be a mountain, and then more dots, Kadesh Barnea. 11 days. All right, well, that's profound. What does that got to do with you know, the price of tea in Las Vegas in 2014? I'll get to that. But we're going to tear this apart. First of all, Horeb. Um, it's not a word we use a lot often, um, especially for this very important marker. But we do get a clue of what this is in an Exodus three one. Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, The mountain of God. We know the mountain of God is Mount Sinai. The Hebrews didn't call it Sinai. We call it today Sinai because it's changed. As time goes, names change. Horeb was the name for Mount Sinai in Hebrew. So we have our first little dot. Horeb, you can write this down, is Mount Sinai. We know that Mount Sinai is the mountain of God. This is the place where the Lord descended upon the mountain in fire and gave the Hebrews their Ten Commandments. We find this also at the end of Exodus. So going back to that verse, um, you know, moving on. Kadesh where's that at? We get that answer in Numbers 34. Your border shall turn from the southern side. And he's saying this is the Lord speaking to the nation of Israel. When you get to the promised land, this is going to be your border. Your border shall turn from the south side of the ascent of uh, Akrabim, continue to Zin, and be on the south of Kadesh Barnea. Then it shall go to Hazar Adar and continue to Asmon. I know a lot of these places don't mean anything to us, but I do, Kadesh Barnea shows up here. It is the southern border of the promised land. Kadesh Barnea is the promised land. A.K.A. Israel. nation that would become Israel. So going back to Deuteronomy 1-2 is 11 days journey from Horeb by way of Mount Seir to Gadesh Barnea. Mount Sinai to the promised land is an 11 day journey. But how long did that journey really take the nation of Israel? 40 long years. And the question is why? We have an 11 day journey geographically and we know historically it was 40 years. I don't want to get tied down in details, but um, you can find that answer in Numbers 13 and 14. And the basic part of the story is that um, they come to the edge of the Promised Land, and um, Moses, the Lord is, commands Moses to send some spies forward, bring back a good report of this land flowing with milk and honey. And these 12 spies come back. 10 of them say, mm, I don't know about this. This looks like a bad idea cities. There's all these things. The land is indeed flowing with milk and honey, but there are a lot of obstacles between for us to assume ownership of this promised land. Joshua and Caleb were with them, and they said, what are you people doing? The Lord said he's going to give it to you. He brought you out of Egypt. Did you not watch what happened in those plagues? Were you not there with me? We watched locusts devour everything. We watched darkness settle in the land of Egypt, but the land of Goshen, where we tended our sheep his day. We watched the Red Sea split and the army of Pharaoh just destroyed. And that person that did all those things, that Heavenly Father, said, I'm going to give you this land. Why are you stressing out about this? And at this point, the Lord has had enough of these Hebrews because they complained the entire way. We want quail. We want meat to eat. All right, I'll give you some meat to eat. We need water. I know these things. Why are you asking me? And it finally got to the point where he said, I'm done with this generation of disbelief. Every one of you will perish before you enter that land. The nation of Israel got distracted. Point number five. 11-day journey can indeed become a 40-year distraction. Now I want to go back to the New Testament. Back to the verse that we started talking about. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. The kingdom of God is Jesus. We are to seek him firstly, and I'm going to tell you something you're not going to like. The principle of blessings is true. As it was true for those Hebrews, it is true for us today. We can either spend 11 days traveling to a destination, the shortest point between A and B is a straight line, or we can do like the little cartoon in Family Circus where it shows the kid bouncing all over the place. He's up in the tree, he's in the doghouse, he's across the street, he's in the garbage can, he's in the car, he's coming out the window, he's everywhere, but there. That's the reason why that verse to me in Deuteronomy 1-2 is so critically important is because we spend a lot of our times turning 11-day journeys into 40-year distractions. I've been there. Don't think that just because I lead, or I'm a pastor, or our senior pastor, or any of the leaders here know what we're doing. We don't. What we do know is this book, and its promises, and its blessings. And those of us who are experiencing those blessings, and those 11-day journeys where our sandals are not falling apart, and we're wanting for nothing, our food is provided, and we're drinking, is because we know these promises. And not only that, we know that there is something that precedes those promises, those steps, I love the saying that just because you're in a garage does not make you a car. I know we're spending a lot of time talking about garages and cars today. Um, Just because you're a Christian and you're in church does not mean that you will experience blessings. I know some of you are saying amen, and some of you are not experiencing blessings. I'm going to tell you why. You're being distracted from the truth. You're hanging out on the Sinai Peninsula, wandering around like, where am I? You want to figure out how to get out of that? This book. Not only does it keep you out of that, it gets you out of that. Because Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. Distraction. The Lord has so many plans for us. We talked about this last week. We're not going to revisit that. But he has plans for us. He has blessings for us. But we must earn them. We must go through the steps. Seek first the kingdom of God. If you don't have anything, you have time. And with that time, you should be spending it seeking the kingdom of God. Seeking Jesus. And some of you are saying, well, how do we do that? Anybody who knows me, I have a broken record. I say this over and over and over again when people come to me, and I think this is why a lot of people don't come to me for counsel. is because Coming to me for sympathy is like going to a watermelon. find looking for apples. It's true. I'm not the most sympathetic person is because I get this book. And I'm kind of like, if you come to me, I'm like, well, I'm feeling a little dry. Okay, well, I'm not feeling blessing. Well, are you doing the, the thing that precedes blessing? And people don't like answering that question, no. Because it makes them feel bad. And I would be the first person to admit, I will teach God's word as it is taught by Jesus. And he did not hold back punches. He says, if you want these blessings, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first. I cannot say this over and over again. My broken record is this. First question is, is like, are you praying? Chances are, if you are not praying, you're not seeking the kingdom of God, and then therefore, if you're not seeking the kingdom of God, you're not experiencing blessing. Next question, are you reading? I'm not saying, are you reading the magazine? Are you reading the newspaper? That's more when I say, are you reading? I'm referring to this thing right here, this book, the Bible. It's not a book. God's holy word. It is powerful. OSL well, so students, you learn a really cool mantra. This is my Bible. It is God's word speaking to me. Keep going. Keep going. Finish it with me. This is Bible. Help us out here. Come on. They know this. This is, this is my Bible. It is God's word speaking to me. I can have what I says I can have. I am who I says I can have. So I open God's word today. See? There we go. Apparently we need to do this a little bit better, OSL coach. Um, Open God's word to hear a word from him today. Are you reading God's word? I can quickly tell you who's reading their Bible and who's not. I'm not saying the hour that you're in church. Some of you have a great-looking Bible. It comes to church with you every Sunday, and it doesn't move until next Sunday. We're going to giggle. I'm going to tell on you right now. Shame on you. Shame on you, church. Shame on you, Christians. Some of us are leaders. Shame on you. It makes me mad when I go out there and I ask simple questions of Christians, and they can't answer them. I cannot be responsible for your growth and your learning and your blessings. That's your responsibility. The only way you're going to get that is by reading this. And lastly, which is attending church. I'm not just saying just come, sit, hang out, and have some fun. No, come in and attend church. We attend church not because, you know, God needs it. He knows right where we're at. He knows everything we're doing. He tells us to attend church because we need it. This book says, like, iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. And also it says, do not neglect the fellowship of each other to exhort each other and build each other up to good works. It tells us that because there's an inference that we're troubles between Sunday morning from 9 till you know, 10.30 and 11 till 12.30. We experience some trouble. We need to come together. We pray together. I know some of you so look forward to not me or Pastor Ron or even Pastor Dean teaching at that prayer time. For some of you, it's worship. That's why you're like, I want to sing the song that's in my heart. Some of you come and go. You're not consistent in attending. I'm not saying physically, you're some of you are here constantly and some of you are not here at the same time. You're presently, physically here, mentally you're off thinking, man, I wonder how my football team's doing. Why is church during my game? Or some of you are like, man, I gotta go grocery shopping and it's I got these weeds on the side of my house. My HOA told me to pull. I'll take care of that later, maybe. Now, dial into this. I will tell you that Pastor Ron is a wise man. He knows this book. I know this book from cover to cover. Am I the best person at memorizing scripture? No. I'm gonna be the first person to tell you that. No. There's some things I do know, but for the most part, I can't remember all. Th- I leak. I told you how long it took me to memorize this thing, and the Lord Jesus even put it in chronological order for me. It took me forever to get that. I close my garage door every single day when I go to work. And sometimes I forget if I closed it. We're distracted. So I'm telling you today, folks, but seek first the kingdom of God. You do that through praying, through reading, and attending. And once you get all three of those in the line, you get the last one, which is are you serving? The Lord Jesus gave us all something to offer back to the kingdom of heaven. After we've sought the kingdom of heaven, he gives us blessings. We're going to just put them in this giant pile or this giant wheelbarrow. We'll call it spiritual gifts. We all have them. And I'm going to tell you, church, I've been here for almost two years, so I feel like I can say this. This isn't about rubbing anybody wrong, but some of you have been sitting in the pews way too long. I did a head count 90% of the church work of this church is done by 10% of the church. You want a new building? You want people to come? Well, guess what? The Lord will only bless it. You know, there's that if part. You know, if we're all seeking the kingdom of God first, all these things will happen. Some of us need to do an internal search. All right, you're going to, I read, I pray, and I attend. Great. Last question is, are you serving? Are you lending those talents that the Lord has given you back to the church? There are some people here that do a lot. And I'm wondering, I'm like, man, I'm busy. Like, when do you sleep? <laughs> I know you're reading, you're praying, you're attending, you're serving. Like, when do you do other stuff? And one thing I love about this book, Lord Jesus says, if I can break loaves and fishes, I can break minutes. I will give you the time. If you give me time, I'll give it back to you. It's the same reason why we give. You're giving me 10% of your money. All your money is mine anyways. He gets that. But he says, I'm going to multiply that 10%. And I know that he's saying something math tries to do, but only Father God and Lord Jesus can do. 2 plus 2 equals 6. That's what he's telling you. That's what I'm telling you. Seek first the kingdom of God, and math can go right out the door. All those things you learned in math class, 2 apples plus 2 apples equals 6, you're going, to go, yeah, that makes sense. And some of us are not shaking our heads because we get that. We've, I guess, taken theoretical calculus in terms of spirituality, like in our faith, and our discipline, and our discipleship. Because we can get distracted. it's so easy, church. And we're going to spend the next couple of weeks in looking at some of those distractions and how do we get there, how do we get out of them, what happens. Because one of the, being the first things is being aware. Being aware. G.I. Joe, you know, learned a lot from G.I. Joe. I grew up on them, you know, be all that you can be, and, you know, the best thing is knowing. I I wish they did that at cartoons these days. They don't do They used to have a little blurb at the end of cartoons on Saturday morning that was like about life. And ironically, I still do one of these things, and I will attribute it to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I am from Seattle. I'm an earth-saving freak. Um, This is really an interesting stew factoid. I brush my teeth with the faucet off because it's water, it's waste water. I've done Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I've done it ever since I saw that. Um, if cartoons can impact you, how much more so the Word of God? Hang on to this, people. Read, pray, and attend. Because I want to know not worrying. I don't really worry about a lot anymore. It wasn't I just woke up and I got good at it. It was a process. Lord Jesus taught me not to worry. I don't ever ask this question, what shall I eat? The irony is, I have a job that you know my bills are paid out of the generosity of people. Some of you have a set salary. I don't. I make some pennies that my company pays me to wait on tables. But a big chunk of how I survive comes off of the tree of uncertainty. I have no idea what I'm going to make when I walk in today. Some days I might make amazing money. Other days I'm like, wow. Not a lot. That was a fun eight hour shift. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I don't worry about what I'll eat. What shall we drink? I don't worry about that. I mean, we live in the modern world, so it's a little bit more harder for us to understand that. I mean, we have a faucet, the water comes out. There's parts of the world that have to go dig holes to make wells and then purify it and filter it. And they've got all these stuff they've got to do. They're not wondering, I'm not wondering, what shall I drink that will be provided physically? Or what shall we wear? Like what? And I don't ask that question, what, how can I get these things? And I have that because I seek the kingdom of heaven by seeking Jesus. And the great thing is, if it's true for me, it's true for you. There's not one person in here that's hearing this message that is exempt from this law of blessing. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're going to see why I keep coming back to this. This is a good verse, people. Bookmark it, highlight it. Um, we should seek that. Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one may come to the Father except through me. You want blessings, folks? I'll tell you how to get them. You get them through a relationship with Jesus. And you get not only that, the best blessing of all, the blessing of salvation. Some people are going, amen. And some of you, this is the first time you've heard this. You're like, Wow. Jesus Christ, that's how that all works. You know, there's the sin debt that is on me that I have to make right. And for me to have a relationship with God the Father, you know, there has to be a sacrifice of blood. And not only that, you know, that blood, oh, well, how am I going to find I need a lamb. You're know, like, well, the good news is the lamb has been provided for us already and has already been sacrificed. And the great thing about that is that if you were the only person on this planet, he still would have done it for you. Lord Jesus still would have said, it is finished. The law has been fulfilled. Because I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it is a free gift. We need to remember this, even as Christians that have been in churches our entire lives, we need to remember this daily. It's the basic things that Satan goes after. Because we think we got it. The Bible says, you know, the root of all sin is pride. Thinking I know it. We need to hear that and remember these things over and over and over again. That's why this church does these things. We don't just do them because that gives us something to do on Sunday. There's a reason for it. At any point, folks, if there's something we do here and you don't understand, why ask? That's what we're here for. Don't rip your head off. Some of us are a little weird. I'm a little weird. I'll admit it. Um, But we'll answer your questions. The only stupid question is the question unasked. Seek first the kingdom of some of you today, that's the first time you've heard that. And you're like, I want to seek Jesus. I want salvation. I want those blessings. That's you today. We're going to pray in a little bit. All of us are going to pray this prayer because we need this, if not weekly, for sure daily, if not hourly. It wouldn't be a little weird for us to be in the workplace. I need to take a prayer break and remember this simple prayer. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand with me today as we pray. This simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I am separated from God. And there is nothing on this earth that I can do that will make me righteous except receiving the free gift of your blood and sacrifice on the cross of Calvary that atones and pays for my sin. And I receive that today In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. And with every eye closed and every head bowed, if that was you today, the first time that you prayed that, or it's the first time in a long time that you've recommitted, I ask to slip your hand in the air. We might recognize that. Thank you. And Lord Jesus, we come to you today to your word. And um, we are aware now that there are distractions, and some of us are in distraction, that we want that 11-day blessing in our life and we can only have it if we seek after you, our perfect spotless Lamb. In your name, Lord Jesus. And everyone said, amen. I want to put this together. I do this every single Tuesday. We should be firstly seeking the kingdom of God. Not only that, we can be distracted. Not only that, we seek the kingdom of God by seeking Jesus Christ. Not anything else, Jesus Christ. The world will offer you a lot of things to follow and to seek after. And we seek Jesus Christ in his word, hearing his voice in prayer, and being with his people regularly. And Folks, as you go through this week, remember those things. Think of Horeb. Think of seeking. And if all of us, hopefully Pastor Ron and I will eventually get this to all of us, that you know, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Folks, have a great week out there, and God bless.